Hey there, you're listening to the Doing It Sober podcast, a podcast about everyday people living their best lives after addiction and alcoholism. Listen to the stories, the tips, and what's keeping these people sober every day. I am your host, Daniela Park, also an addict in recovery with over 13 years sober. I have co-written a few books, and have my very own recovery store. To learn more about me, go to doingitsober.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again here on the Doing It Sober podcast. Today, we have a gentleman who is living in Brooklyn, New York, who has been sober for uh, since 1994, May 26, 1994, his drug of choice was alcohol, crack cocaine, cocaine, acid, and peyote. Uh, he is now a sober coach with an extensive experience providing care and support to, the suf- to those suffering with addiction. He believes that each person deserves a u- unique and individualized program. I'd love to introduce you to Stuart B. Welcome, Stuart. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So you're uh, you've been around quite a while. Yeah, I've been around for a while. I've been doing this. Well, I've been a sober coach for about uh, eight years, but I've been in the recovery process for twenty five years plus. Mm-hmm. You know, this May will make twenty six years, and I do believe that everyone deserves to be helped, depending on where they are in their recovery process. You know, so my conversation always starts off with, "What is it that you want to do?" What have you tried before and why do you think it doesn't work? So I try to customize their approach to recovery based on their history. Because everybody has some history. Yeah. Everybody has tried one thing or another. You know, I mean, myself, I had tried church. You know, I'm talking, you know, nine water baptisms later and I was still drinking and drugging. You know, so, um, but I was, I was approaching it in the wrong manner. I needed to discover that my addictions were an actual illness, you know, mm-hmm. but that it could be arrested a day at a time. And for me, that worked, you know, so going with a 12 step program worked for me. It doesn't always work for everybody. All right. And I learned that by becoming a sober coach, you know, some people just don't have the tolerance, you know, for spiritual matters. And some people don't have the, uh, the patience to do it a day at a time. Right. I know uh, these days there is such a movement with uh, sobriety and a lot of people are doing it outside the 12-step rooms on their own. Um, do you recommend that? I mean, what do you what do you usually do when a client starts working with you? I know it's very unique and individual, but what are some of the things that, that you would do with somebody that's new? Well, well, the first thing I try to find out is is where they're where they're at right now. You know, if they're an active user, um, and and what their goals are, what their life's goals are, and then I try to um, basically what I do is I, I we have this conversation, we have this dialogue, and I ask questions about: Do you believe that your addiction has you know taken control of your life? You know, do you believe that your addiction, you know, has um, separated you from the people that you love? You know, do you believe that? And based on those answers, you know, I ask, well, what have you done to corral, you know, to 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 stop using, you know? 
Yeah. And then they'll give me a response and then I'll say, well, how's that working for you? You know, and, and it's at that point that I can ascertain whether or not they really want help or they just want to waste time. Right. So, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of people who their family members or their wives or husbands want them to get sober, but they don't want to get sober. That must be something for you. You probably wouldn't take on, I would think, or do you try to get them to recover? Well, what I found is that generally speaking, if they're coming to see me, you know, there's an interest to, to needing, to needing to stop, not necessarily wanting to stop. So it's my job to turn that needing to stop into wanting to stop. And the only way that I found to be successful at that is to share my experience, my strength and my hope. See? So once the identification process kicks in, I've sparked an interest, you know, and if they're willing to continue to work with me, because I always ask that question also. So do you think this is something you would be interested in doing? You know, and I always, I, I pretty much, I always get an honest answer. Some say no, and, and they never come back and others say yes. And they come back and they have, they have some movement forward and then they slip backwards, you know, mm-hmm. but at least, they continue to come and they continue to try. And as long as they're willing to continue to try, I'm willing to continue to lead and guide. That's that's all I can do. Yeah. Do you um, have any suggestions for people who've relapsed that feel guilty and ashamed? What do you usually tell your clients? I usually tell them, you know, relapse is a reality. It's not a requirement to recover, but it is certain people's, you know, reality. And there's no shame in falling. The shame is in remaining down, you know. So mm. you, you dust yourself off, you come back, and, and we'll try something else. We'll try a different treatment plan, you know. Maybe I missed something in the sharing process, you know. So now I have to listen closer, you know. And if they're willing to be honest with me, you know, we together, we can identify the, the the block points in their life and move ahead. So there's no shame in, in um, relapsing. You know, it's yeah, a reality. Yeah. What no was it? Uh, what What brought you down? What What was the uh, final days that actually got you sober? What was the moment? I think the the moment was being alone in a, in a, in another abandoned building. You know. Um, with, with no hope, <laughs> no yeah. future, you know, and um, I guess totally just surrendering that I could not do this alone, that, you know, um, the God that I feared, you know, um, maybe could, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just said a, a, I just said a prayer. Didn't know if it was going to work, you know, um, but I wanted the pain to stop, you know. So I said this prayer. And be careful what you pray for, because sometimes you get it, you know, and I got it <laughs> and I got it, you know, and, and it's been an uphill journey ever since, you know. So I'm willing to share, you know, with anyone that it doesn't matter where you come into the recovery program. What matters, though, is that you stay. Yeah. So do you uh, what do you do every day to keep sober? Do you have any uh, rituals or um, what, what's your process? Well, you know, 
it's a real simple process. Every day I, um, you know, I pray to the God of my understanding, you know, every day I read from a 12 step literature, mm-hmm. you know, and, and another good book, you know, every yeah. day I, I'm filling myself with positive uh, thoughts and positive emotions. You know, every day I'm working with someone, I'm helping someone, you know, and, and mostly every day I try to make a meeting, you know, um, yeah. But it doesn't end there. You know, I I also go on a spiritual retreat every 90 days, you know, to stay connected to the God of my understanding. Wow. You know, so these are the things that I do on a daily, monthly, yearly basis. You know, it's part of it's part of my routine. That's amazing. So, yeah. So this is what I do, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, you actually 